Margaret Robbie. <laughs> Margaret. I'm gonna actually Margaret meaning. I've never heard the name. It's it was Margot. That's why it's. <laughs> Margaret is French origin, and it's tied to the Greek word margarites, meaning pearl. Pearl, pearl. Robbie. Pearl. That's cool. Pearls are under pressure, formed. Did she have a lot of pressure in her life? I guess we can't get to that just yet because that's fishing. <laughs> uh, I know you're a fanboy. I'm recently a fangirl. Uh, when did she come on your radar? Wolf of Wall Street. That was her big break. I think the world fell in love with her in Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> you're so sleepy this morning. I, I thought you said Wolf of Wall Street. I was like, is that a Canadian game again? I, I mumble regardless. So like, on, on no sleep, it's even worse. Wall Street. Wall, Wolf of Wall Street. Do you see that movie? That was a great movie. Gosh, I don't think I have, but I need to. When I'm doing research for this, I'm like, damn, that looks good. That's a good Leo Jonah Hill. What did she, what was her role in that? What was she? Leo's wife. Ooh, oh, yeah, because she said she was really nervous about that because obviously coming up, you know, Leo's like a huge deal for women. She said she was nervous. She was nervous, but uh, spoiler, her audition for that movie, she slapped him and that's what gave him the, uh, or gave her the role. Like she had the confidence to like slap the biggest movie star in the world. That wasn't in the script? Uh, I, I don't know the specifics. It, it is in the script, but like, I don't think you're supposed to go full slap in an audition. I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. You're not actually got in trouble. I was on a, I did a music video last year and they're supposed to slap the guy. And he, they're like, don't really slap him. Just, you know, whatever. But it was a really hard subject matter. And I hit the hell out of that dude. And they laughed. Like Everybody just started dying laughing. They're like, all right, all right we're going to do that one more time. And then I did it again, and it, I didn't mean to. I just accidentally said, well, we're going to have to move on. <laughs> we don't trust you. You're not going to keep hitting the hell out of this dude. Uh, but it was a good take. And now a 60-second career breakdown. Margot Elise Robbie, born July 2nd, 1990, is an Australian actress and producer. Robbie began her career in 2008 on the television series Neighbors, on which she was a regular until 2011. After moving to America, she led the television series Pan Am from 2011 to 2012 and had her breakthrough in 2013 with the black comedy Wolf of Wall Street. She achieved wider recognition when starring roles as Jane Porter in The Legend of Tarzan and Harley Quinn in the DC superhero films beginning with Suicide Squad in 2016. Robbie received critical acclaim and a nomination for an Academy Award for Best Actress for her portrayal of figure skater Tanya Harding in the biopic I, Tanya in 2017. She's received various awards and nominations, including two Academy Awards, four Golden Globe Awards, and five British Academy Film Awards. Time Magazine named her one of the most 100 influential people in the world in 2017, and she was ranked as one of the world's highest-paced actresses by Forbes in 2019. Let's go early vision with Margot Robbie. Just make it a quick one, you know, so we can get into the sauce, the implementation stuff. You every time you say sauce, you make me hungry. I haven't had breakfast yet, so I'm a little. Either as I. So the thing I've I noticed here is she's usually we see a pattern like at least one parent or both parents mm -hmm. have some sort of creative background. Her dad was a farmer. Her mom was like a philanthropic person, philanthropist, I guess you would call it. Uh, so there's nothing there that uh, that we can pull from. I I don't know. I think there was some obviously like her dad left her and her mom. They they separated and mom raised her and her siblings by herself. Her dad was not active in her life and she spent the majority of her childhood on her grandparents' farm. So although there wasn't like art there, I could see that's where some of the um, gritty stuff comes in where if you're hurt, right, uh, you want to either prove something or you pour yourself into something to kind of 
move past that. And abandonment's huge. She uh, was born in Queensland, Australia, and then moved in with her grandparents in Gold Coast, Australia. I got the opportunity to tour both of those places <gasps> in 2016. No. What a dump. Really? No, I'm kidding. It was like the best place in the world. <laughs> it was beautiful. Except I don't think her upbringing was that. I think she really grew up in a traditional farm, like country bumpkin ass. At least that's what she says in her interviews. Yeah. I see that. It, it's it, You can't tell, I guess, but, you know, maybe yeah. that's why she's humble. I don't know. No. I know she had to work on her accent quite a bit because not only did she have the Australian accent, but it was really, really deep. I guess it would be the equivalent of being really country for an Australian, I guess. What makes her role in um, Wolf of Wall Street even more impressive now is, like, she had to work to get rid of her Australian accent, but she was congratulated for her really accurate Brooklyn accent in that movie. Yeah, that's what I was telling you before. I Obviously, she's gorgeous. She's a great actress, but I think she's really good at some of these weird, quirky things that kind of set her apart. Like, who can just nail an accent like that, especially when you have a strong one like she did? And then at the age of eight, and I know you said a minute ago, what does that have to do with acting? But uh, she was enrolled in circus by her mother where she excelled in trapeze and she received a certification at eight years old. And although that might not have anything per se to do with acting, I think when you can skill stuck and uh, broaden what you bring to the table, it just makes you a more interesting person. I don't know if it's like, I don't know the history behind this this whole circus thing, but it, it seems like my first impression is like, my child wants to be an entertainer. What can I do to move her forward? Let's enroll her in the circus. That doesn't seem like, like the right... Maybe the circus is different over there. Over here, it's like my child's crazy and... Uh... You'd be surprised because a lot of, at least for women specifically, like I know our agent, she like she doesn't require it, but she asks all of us to take pole dancing. And the reason is, is not because we're all going to like become... <laughs> <laughs> play those kind of roles but it's because you they, she wants you to get really into your body and comfortable with movement and so even like the way that you walk and the way that you you know treat yourself it's a little bit more graceful uh so i know that doesn't seem like a thing but being i don't know the, the athleticism that comes with being trapeze i mean i guarantee you it's set her apart have you been into a strip club heather yes i have have you no <laughs> I have a funny story with that. It's not, I didn't go to a strip club for the reason you think I would go to a strip club, but I've been to many, 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 many. That's not a funny story, but. Uh, <laughs> it's just um, something we do not want to bring up on this episode. It's not to watch women. Let me just put it that way. So I, my, my thing shifted. Like I haven't been to one in several years, but it's when I was younger, I would go for one reason. And then as I got older, I, I would notice different things. I was just like, but I, it, at a more mature age, I was like, I am so impressed by their core strength. Like, how do they do that? And and how do they, you know, balance their body? It's just, it was a whole different scene. It, it, it's it's funny how uh, uh, maturity will do that to you. So I had a, God, this is, I had a nonprofit that I ran for a while uh, back in the day. And we would, we were heavily involved in the sex trafficking scene. And so we built a lot of relationships with girls there because a lot of them are also prostitutes and so it was 
it was kind of like a resource for them to help them transition out because they want out some really dark heavy stuff so <laughs> people are like have you been to strip clubs i'm like yeah i've been in like the dressing rooms i used to sit back there with them um they had a baby we'd get mill trains together like i was kind of like on it was, it was weird so you weren't a pervert row then is what you're saying no not at all um i could have some stories though but anyways moving on um anything else about her childhood i mean she Got her first few roles in movies when she was in freaking high school, which is impressive. Well, I want to acknowledge the fact that as a teenager, she worked three jobs simultaneously. Tended bar, yep. cleaned houses, worked at Subway. Yeah. So, like, I wanted to, like, immediately you're like, why is Margot Robbie famous? Immediately you want to say it's because she's gorgeous. Yeah. Which no one's denying. But you could be gorgeous and not have the work ethic she did and just... Stay stands still, right? But she she's obviously a hustler. Preach, and I think this goes ties goes into implementation, like that final point, um, because not only was she working her ass off, she's also seeking out opportunities and um, getting her own gigs. So one of the things that you noted before, now we're into implementation. Early, early in her career, I'd used to tell me what time she was. Girl was on the phone. She was girls on the phone. So the girl was on the phone. She was calling people. She's like, I oh, need some opportunity. No, her. Before we jump into that, can we take a side note and just ask yourself, like, what if you went into Subway to get, like, a tuna belt <laughs> and Margot Robbie is your sandwich artist? I think about this all the time. I, especially, like, the younger people um, that I'm around, we don't know who we're standing next to. Even the people in our life. It's like, oh, it's just Rory. Oh, it's just this person or whatever. You have no idea who that person's going to be one day. Um, and I think we dismiss people very, very quickly without realizing the process and time. So hell yeah, freaking Starbucks people, you better be nice to them. They can be the president one day. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. She's working at Subway. She's working bar. She's doing all this sort of stuff. And then uh, after graduation... She uh, she does a few commercials, independent films. She was, you know wants to bump that little resume up or whatever, and then she relocates to Melbourne, Australia, which is a bigger city, which I've also played in. It's a lovely, lovely area. So she got her ass where her heart wants to be. Another pattern we see with some of these celebs. Yep, yep. So is this music we were touring, or is it comedy? This is my country music thing in 2016. They have a big. Uh, festival there called like the Tamworth Country Music Festival. So That's we did that. And then uh, the, the agent was um, was from the Gold Coast, which is where Margot Robbie was raised. And so we kind of just toured up the coast. That's really cool. That's really cool. So at this point in her career, um, it says with her agent's encouragement, uh, she would call Fremantle Media, get this, on a daily basis and she said one day she got put through by accident to a casting director for Neighbors. And she said, hey, I'm in town. I'm working on something. Was she? I don't know, but that's what she said. And guess what the casting director said? How old are you? She said, I'm 17. He goes, shut up. We are <laughs> casting right now uh, for that age. And that's how she landed her role in Neighbors. So tell me what you think about that. Is that harassment or is that persistence? Both. Mm -hmm. uh, no one likes to <laughs> receive calls every day from someone, but it's, yep. they say like, like luck plays a factor. Like obviously, oh my God, we're looking for that exact person, that exact role, that exact age. And so it just happened to line up 
But is luck play a role in it if you call every day? Or is that consistency? Or is that tenacity? Is that being annoying? Ooh, I love that word, tenacity. There's a acting coach that I've interviewed a couple times. His name's Joseph Perlman. He's out in LA. Beautiful dude. And he teaches this to his uh, students all the time. He said, don't rely on your agent. Actually get on the phone, build relationships with people, and seek out your own career because agents aren't going to do that for you because they have hundreds of people on their roster, so you have to take charge of it. And I completely agree with that mindset. It just takes a lot of boldness and a lot of willingness to be rejected. I don't, have you heard The Third Door? Have I heard? No. <gasps> oh, gosh, Rory. You've got to read The Third Door. It's so good. But it's this whole idea of, you know, usually we go for the gatekeeper and there's always another person. And so seeking out who do I need to be on the phone with she didn't call the casting director every day. She's calling the front effing desk. And then she accidentally one time got to the casting director. So the casting director wasn't annoyed with her when he got Oh, her. yeah, yeah, yeah. The front you desk know? person was, but not the casting yeah, director. Yeah, come on. Just, just all. That's funny. You know? That exact thing happened this last, like, three days ago. I think I told you yesterday we were talking on the phone or, or something. Uh, I'm with this new agent right now, and it, there's they're a huge agent. And so I'm just like this little, one little piece of the puzzle. Yeah. With hundreds of clients and um i was talking to a colleague of mine and i'm like i haven't been booked uh or anything corporate in like five months like what the hell's going on should i quit this agency and he's like no just 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 bug them or just yeah. say something so i sent them like a like a kind but bitchy email a couple of days ago and uh within you know two hours they're like uh all right we're gonna send you to vegas uh, vancouver and alaska and, in like a month from now. Okay, cool. Can you give me tips on how to write a kind but bitchy email? Because I really would love that. It was it was literally like, uh, hey, you know, <laughs> it just, you gotta, several you wise. The bitchiness basically came from my situation. It's like, hey, just you know, uh, uh, checking in. I just uh, last year I was overbooked, and this year I have not a. What's up? You know, I, I don't know, I forget what the actual wording was, but like I just alluded to the fact that uh, I'm hungry right now. Didn't necessarily ask them. You know, and then I finished it by saying like, is there anything that I can do to to assist in in bookings or something? I don't know. I, it, it wasn't like bitchy, but it was just like putting it on their radar that I was ready to rock. I think that's such a skill set to figure out how do you advocate for yourself and be proactive but also to not come across as somebody who gets like blacklisted. Uh, I was just thinking this morning, I want to, it's been years since I've read it, but the um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And then right now I'm reading the 48 Laws of Power too, but it's just this whole idea of how do you work with people and get them on your side and enroll them versus push them away, you know, because you also don't want to be desperate. You sent me that TikTok, you know, and People smell when you're desperate, and nobody likes that either. You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't. You want to be too thirsty. No, you get a little thirsty. Like, I'll have a drink. Do you hear about that trend that's like been happening for a couple years now? Like, people are deleting things off their Instagram because it looks thirsty. Really? No, tell me. It's like it's mostly younger people or people that aren't in the creative space. Perhaps it's like. If you have too many images on your IG, it makes you look thirsty. Whereas, so people like have you know eleven pictures, like they've deleted all their their history, and um, it, that's, that's what makes you look dope. 
I am, you just blew my mind because my niece, she's uh, 20. And uh, I'm always like, why are you deleting all these photos? Like she has so many beautiful photos and I love yeah. them. And I'm always like, 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 and right. they all go away. She has no images right now. That's what I'm talking about. It's so weird. Like I, I love, it's like the, it's a timestamp. It's like a body of work. It's like, it's a, I don't know, a diary exactly. of, your, of your life. But in 48 Laws of Power, one of the things that he teaches is uh, uh, absence. So, like, let's say I was, like, trying to um, get something out of you or whatever. I might, like, go really, really heavy of, like, hey, Rory, you're awesome, whatever. Blah, 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 let's hang out and let's talk and then, like, ghost you and kind of pull away. And so he talks about in social media doing the same thing where you put out a lot but then you stop posting because then people are going to wonder where you go he's not a social media strategist so i don't really know to take that advice or not plus he's coming from like historical power plays but i think it's interesting comparing that to something like gary v and some of these marketers that are like document don't create everything what do you think i'm i'm right in the middle See, I think the Gary Vee thing is way too excessive and to a point where I don't even, I skip over everyone's stories now because it's pointless. There's nothing quality in there if you're, if it's like 10 posts a day. Like, I don't want to, I don't, like, I, I see his points, like document your, your, your uh, process and stuff like that. But it's like, firstly, I don't care about your process. I just want to see the, the final product, like your best work. Yeah, and I was thinking with, uh, what's his name? His name is Robert Green. With his point, that's only going to work if somebody is really obsessed with you and paying attention. Because if I don't post for a month and I'm not being mysterious or where Heather is, people don't give a shit. They're just like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't I don't see how that would work for social media um, the same way it might work for like a one-on-one -on -one relationship. Even though it is manipulative, relationships. That's that. I think that's how that works as well. It's like everyone's very active on social media when they're when they're single or or they have you know they're, they're seeking attention, but then they fall in love and then they're absent for like a year. Relationship breaks up. Hey, we're back. <laughs> I mean, it draws me nuts when that happens. Where are we at with uh, with homegirl? She's she called. Which by the way, uh, I think I told you this before. Angela from The Office, your favorite show. That's how she got her first gig on O'Brien is she would just call up there and call up there and call up there every single day. And she accidentally got through, accidentally got an internship. That's how she made her connections. We just need to start freaking calling people. I agree. Or emailing. Because <sighs> calling is too um, in your face. Yeah, but email goes to spam. That's true. Anyways. Uh, so she gets, uh, she, yeah, she gets these, this opportunity, but now she goes to America because now she's getting some momentum and she gets this role on Pan Am, which is a show that got canceled after one season. Uh, she does a romantic comedy called About Time and she, she's basically getting, she's now in the environment. She's getting her feet in the door, her feet wet, and, uh, she's in the scene and eventually this, this audition for Wolf of Wall Street comes up, but she wouldn't have gotten that if she was still in Australia, right? Right. So she, she went into the the wolf's den, as they say. <laughs> nice. I, I did want to comment that when she, um, June 2008, she played Donna Friedman, a role that was meant to be a guest character, but then she was promoted to regular cast after she made her debut. We've seen that a few times with these folks where they're given a small opportunity, but they really deliver, and then they're promoted into like a regular 
cast member. And so I've always been told, and I agree, never think of anything as a small role because you have no idea if you really over-deliver, they'll write you in, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. That's the one that she she kind of landed through luck in calling relentlessly. Yeah. Um, but you have to kill it once you get the opportunity. Like, if you don't kill it, then what is... I know. Be, are you worthy, ultimately? Right, right. But I think that's a huge-ass jump from a flight attendant role in Pan Am that gets canceled to with Leon, landing something with Leonardo DiCaprio. Do you know how she got that? How she got that? Yeah. The slap things. Like she was, she did a, she's, she had already been in the States at this point. She did the Pan Am and then she did this romantic comedy, but so she's probably got her, her footings. She's got like an agent who probably got her in the door for the audition and Maybe she fit the part they were looking for. Like, it's based on a true story. So maybe the guy in real life had a beautiful blonde female he was married to, and she's fit that mold, and then she had to prove herself once she was in the room, and she did with the by slapping. Tell me about the slap. I don't know about this. I wasn't there, but... Come on, but you know this story, like you were telling it to me earlier, like, slap... So I think, yeah, exactly. When you're slapping someone on in an audition, like, I... You're not supposed to like make full contact. Maybe she did, and it kind of shook everyone. And <laughs> Leo's like, "You're in." <laughs> yeah, um, do it again. <laughs> especially because the implications of hurting somebody who costs so much money. Because, like, let's say she slapped him, and I don't know, she knocked out a retina or something. <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's a lot of money, so it's a huge, huge risk. And yeah, take some, take some balls, but. I think that kind of just propelled her towards everything that she is now, that one role, that one life-changing role. At one point, she said she, I think this was the role where fame kind of got to her, and she didn't know she wanted to be famous anymore, and her mom said it was too late. Yeah, so that's something that I wanted to ask. So I I get the fact that she didn't want to do it anymore, because fame, I assume, at that level would be overwhelming, but like, what what does her mom have to do? Like, what do you mean it's too late uh, yeah, I don't agree with what her mom said. I mean, look at, um, what's that? Mom, roll her in the circus. What the hell does she know? Oh, come on. Don't be hating on her mama. Her mama. Who is that guy that you love? The country dude that we did. Garth. Garth. I mean, he can't get more famous than effing Garth. And he went low key for a long ass time. So I don't agree with her mom. Maybe her mom just wanted her to, maybe her mom knew that this is just a hard time and she was trying to be. Supportive. But at this time, she, okay, well, she's now like a for real movie star. Okay, so she wants to, she's at the top of the hill. She wants to call it quits. Here's the part that I love about this thing. So instead of, she's checked the box of like, all right, I, I wanted to be famous or, or successful or rich or whatever the thing is. And now it's like no longer fulfilling. It's actually overwhelming. Uh, so I want to, to take it away from the artistic side and make it about purpose instead. So this is where she started a um, production company with her husband called Lucky Chap Entertainment. And the whole purpose of this was to create more women-driven roles and stuff like that. So now she's staying with it to keep a high profile in order to uh, make other opportunities available to women. Which is so cool. And I I have no idea if this is true. I'm I'm guessing that since she is so beautiful and it's easy to cast her in certain types of roles I, I know there was one interview where she just she talked about wanting things that are more interesting um so 
I remember when I was in high school, someone told me that if you, if something bothers you, then you need to fix it, right? So if you're experiencing something, then it's your opportunity to fill that gap. And that's what she did. And so I think that's pretty badass of her. At this point, like, there's not, there's not a whole heck of a lot more that we don't know. Like, she's just, she, she kills every role right. she's sought after. She's at one point, one of the biggest, highest mm-hmm. paid female actresses in the yeah. world. And this yeah. is only after being in Hollywood for a couple of years. So good right. for you. <laughs> Congratulations, lady. Yes, yes, yes. But I think that's the case with a lot of people. And she it just ha- she's only 32, so it happened really early for her to have that sort of insight and to make that shift that soon. Like it's, And maybe that's where the philanthrop- philanthropic thing influence came in with her mom. It's like, you know, when celebrities, like they take Bono, for example, it's like, well, I've created hits. I have several albums. I can sell out stadiums. What else is there to do? Let's go philanthropic. That and think about having the resources and the influence that you can actually, that's a possibility for the first time. So you know how we're hit up all the time just as regular folks. Hey, donate to this calls. Hey, sign this petition or whatever. When you are in that position, the, the opportunities that probably come across your desk to do things. And I can't imagine being actually like a Kardashian just because she has the name Kardashian, she can get on the phone with the right people to get people out of prison. She's just now becoming a lawyer. She wasn't She wasn't a lawyer prior to that. She had that name. And with that power, I mean, do you rise to the occasion to do something with it or, or do you not? Um, yeah, it's really it's really interesting. But what do you think her X factor is? I think it was the, the consistency or the work ethic like just whatever whatever we talked about this earlier like whatever that thing is that allowed her to just call every day to that casting agent and just see what what shoe fits in that particular time frame and it worked i'm I'm gonna agree with you that's the x factor so is there anything that you're wanting to shift or apply or change in your own life now that you've looked at hers and learned so much it's that kind of stuff i remember before the pandemic i used to do the same thing there was this uh, there was this casting site uh, for like here in Canada, I think specifically for like Toronto or Montreal roles. And I have a note in my phone. Uh, you know, when I, you and I are weird, we have like daily tasks that we take care of. And that was one of my tasks. It's like check out whatever the hell site this was and uh, see if there's any new roles coming up. So I would check every day. And if there was one that fit uh, a weirdo uh, with my height and measurements, I would apply for it. Yeah. And that, out of that, I got, you know, roles for like Under Armour commercials and and yeah. uh, it was cool so it's it, like that consistency it's like when you, it's like an investing um what's it called it's like dollar cost averaging it's like don't try to like play the stock market don't try to like guess when it's going to go down and put all your money in it and hope that it goes up it's just like you invest a consistent amount every week and you just you just ride the wave throughout the uh the entire duration that's yeah. the way you really win. That's the slow drip. It's the boring way to do it, but it's what gets results. And this is where I don't agree with the youngins doing the thirsty IG post or whatever you said, uh, because I think we want to land the thing that is so interesting and flashy and beautiful and cool without realizing that usually that thing isn't the thing that but it leads to something else like we've talked about so many times. So self-submitting to stuff, people are precious about that. Like, oh, you know, I'm above it or whatever. But you have no idea who you're going to meet on that set that's going to give you the next opportunity. Um, and 
for how I tie that back to the posting stuff is it might not look cool to post all the time or whatever, but you have no idea when one post is going to hit and it's going to connect you with this this person or whatever. We're so, I'll say me, I, I know, so conscious of our perception and wanting to be perceived in a certain way that it almost hinders us from getting more opportunities because we're too bougie or bougie. No, I mean, I'm the opposite of that, though. Like, I, I, because of, like, the way the algorithm and stuff like that works, like, I'm reposting reels from three years ago because maybe if I post it now, the landscape has changed enough where this might hit differently or hit a new person who didn't see it before and think, hey, that guy would fit this mold of whatever it is I'm looking for. Do you re-edit it or you just post it as is? Most of the time, just <laughs> repost it as is. That's interesting. But, or you know, and, or put like a modern song behind it if it fits, and maybe maybe it lands better. I did that one my biggest TikTok ever. Um, I did that. I had like a an original song. It got a couple hundred thousand views, uh, and then a, a year later, I posted it with like like a Christmas theme song, and it just blew up. Hmm, interesting. So, yeah, just like the again, it was timing. It was obviously around the holidays, and uh, it just hit better. So. Interesting. Huh. Well, I think we're all motivated now to go self-submit and call some people and uh, get our asses out there. Last thing I'll say about that, I've I've noticed this come up for me is the inconvenience of it because I don't know if you've ever gotten an audition and you're like, damn, I gotta make time to to do an audition. I gotta set up lights. I gotta do my hair. Seriously. And it's, it's so funny how we want opportunity, but we also or there's like a little bit of laziness in it too where it's do we really want it because it's very inconvenient and it's a lot of hard going and self-submitting to stuff calling people come on man like even okay so i sent the bitchy email a couple weeks like earlier in the week and i got what i asked for i was like here's the gigs that you asked for and so now i'm like ugh, i hadn't had plans <laughs> that week <laughs> now i'm like rearranging things it's like so be careful what you asked for i guess it's so funny how we're like that as humans. We're complicated folks, especially when you're creative and you have some weird-ass dreams. Did you say how you were going to apply it in your life or same sort of appeal? I think it's the exact same thing. Um, I have a, I have a project management thing because I'm a geek in type A that I do every day. And uh, it's on there every single day to go to casting networks, to go to Actors Access and all that. And I have an agent, but still, you know, looking and applying to things just like you did because I've gotten some stuff doing that. And I, I don't do that every single day. Um, and I don't know why I don't. And the whole phone call thing, I've really got to get over my fear of bothering people. I don't want to bother you. I don't want to bother anyone. And I kind of get over that. It's because I'm, I was raised in a freaking southern ass, polite girl. Excuse me, ma'am. Doing okay? You want? But I don't think you need to bother people to stay top of mind. So, like when I sent the bitch email, I wasn't necessarily I wasn't bothering them or bitching at them. I literally just asked, like, can is there something I can do to help you in your job? It's like when I when I work, they make money. Do you know what I mean? So, but that's a mindset you have. You realize that that's not bothering them. Um, I have got to unlearn that that's not. But even you don't have to ask or when you're asking for something, you feel like you're bothering them, but you could just, it is a dumb example, but you could ask that you just, just friendly, be friendly. Like, how's your day? That's a dumb one. But like, it's just, 
the fact that you're top of mind now because you you've showed up here is a silly example i and whenever i go out with my daughter my oldest uh if they get her order wrong she's just like me she's just very like oh i i didn't i asked them for no cheese and she's like but it's okay i don't want them to feel bad she'll say that and i'm like lou you it's it's not a big deal it's how you ask for it back you could be an asshole and be like i didn't ask for cheese paul or you could be like hey you know really kind about it and so i'm walking <laughs> through that with her but i notice i'm like damn that's what i do too and i'm seeing it manifested in my little 10 year old you know what i find i've done over the years is like when i you know when you get a response or something from a busy person and so and you don't want to like do the follow-up thing it's like they're like oh yeah well i'll, I'll thanks for reaching out i'll look out into this in like a, a couple of days when i'm less busy or whatever i won't reply to it right away two days will go by and then i'll be like all right cool thanks and immediately that puts it right back at the top of their inbox oh that's a hack yeah yeah so as soon as it, first of all it sounds like i'm just as busy as they are which i'm not and then um <laughs> <laughs> but it's like also a reminder that uh, that uh, that you're 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 there waiting. So, and yeah, usually the reply right away. It's like, oh, here it is. We should make a. I don't know if it would be a self help book, but a pamphlet for aspiring whatever we are of these little fun hacks like that, and then you can make it like really colorful with a lot of pictures and make it interesting. And it's like because I had somebody, the producer of that show I was at last night, he. I, I emailed him the other day and I said, is there anything I can do to help you this week? And he goes, yeah, can you help people resp respond to their effing emails? Because <laughs> he's he's frustrated about that. And I was, I've been actually asking myself, that's a need. People have like these little soft skills like that. That would be a fun project. How would you be the answer to that? Well, for your example, it's how do you get busy people to pay attention to your email or something like that? Like, even you waiting a couple of days to respond and just saying, okay, thanks, popping it back in there. Because usually what most people would do, I would do, I would say, okay, thanks. And then two days later, I'd be like, just following back up, yeah, which yeah, is exactly. as annoying as hell. What you did, ninja. That's really ninja. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you can give a fun little book like that. Um, I don't know. Project idea. There you go. Anyway. Did you for season four, when we unlock how to, uh, well, we forget about the celebrities altogether. We just figure out life hacks for getting email responses. All right, y'all. See you soon. Jesus. Hey, thanks for listening to Celebrity Self Help. Please leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you think about the show. And we're also on Instagram at Celeb Self Help. You can always send us a message and let us know who we should cover next. I've had some heavy blows. Knock down a time or two. Not gonna cry about it. That's something babies do. How much rejection until you up and quit. Save your excuses. Cause I don't give a shit with them Come on, get ready I'm gonna be legendary Don't stop, don't stop Until you get to the top Look down how the stepping stones Have got you where you are So far I'm only picking up speed Don't stop, don't stop Can't quit until I succeed For the wicked is what granddaddy say Work hard, play hard, still kick but every day Gotta live before you teach Then practice what you preach Don't stop